Can you believe it? Man, a brand new year is here. 2016. Wow. Let's try to get a little excited. Isn't that great? Man, oh man. I started the first service talking about that, uh, that great win by TCU last night. I don't even like TCU, but it shows me that a backup quarterback can win. I wish those guys at TCU and Fort Worth would just go over to Arlington and tell the guys at the Dallas Cowboys that, you know what, there is hope with a backup quarterback. Y'all, boy, y'all are a tough crowd this morning, aren't you? Glad that you're here, and I'm so excited about this new year. 2016 is going to be awesome. Uh, there are all kinds of new possibilities and all kinds of new potentials. And I know that most of you in this room have thought about and at least made some plans for 2016. Maybe you've written out some New Year's resolutions. It is my prayer and my hope that everything you attempt this next year will be met with great success and that you will be successful in all that you do this new year. However, I do have one question for you, and the question is this. How would you change your plans if you knew that Jesus Christ was coming back in 2016? I mean, what would you do different? How would your big plans change and how would your everyday life change if you knew without a doubt that one day this year in 2016, Jesus Christ was coming again? You know what, folks? That could happen. He could come back at any time. And I believe one of the reasons God has given us so much information in the Bible on the return of Jesus Christ is because he wants to kindle inside of our hearts a flame of anticipation where we wake up every day with the realization that, you know what, today could be the day. Jesus Christ could come back today. And so this morning in our message, the first Sunday of the year, I want to share with you the relationship between the ascension of Jesus when he left this earth after he had risen from the grave and his second coming, his return. I'd like for you to notice how the gospel of Luke ends and how the book of Acts begins. So we're going to start here in Luke's gospel chapter 24, the last chapter of Dr. Luke's gospel. In fact, he wrote two books. He wrote the gospel of Luke and then he also wrote the Acts of the Apostle. So we're going to see how he ends his gospel and then compare that with how he began the book of Acts. I'm going to read in Luke chapter 24 verse 50. It says, And he, that is Jesus, led them, that is his disciples, out to the vicinity of Bethany. Bethany. Bethany was a town near Jerusalem. It took about half an hour to walk from Jerusalem to Bethany. It was on the Olivet Hillside, about two miles southeast of the old city of Jerusalem. It was here in Bethany where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lives. Now Luke doesn't tell us that the ascension took place in Bethany, but he said it took place in the vicinity of Bethany, which I take to mean somewhere on the ridge of the Mount of Olives, between Jerusalem and Bethany. If I read on in verse 50, it says, When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now to me it's interesting that our Lord's 
final act in his earthly ministry was to lift up his nail-pierced hands and bless his followers, to bless his disciples. Really what he was doing is blessing his own church. Verse 51 says, And while he was blessing them, his hands were lifted, blessing them, he left them and he was taken up into heaven. The Greek word for taken up means lifted up. It's not the exact same word that is used in verse 50 describing the hands of Jesus, but it translates out the same way. Uh, two different Greek words meaning the same thing. He lifted up his hands, that is his nail-pierced hands were lifted up, bringing a blessing over the heads of his disciples. And as he was blessing them, the Bible says his body lifted up and went into heaven. It's as if the Holy Spirit of God filled the body of Jesus with helium and just lifted him off planet earth. And he went up into the skies. Hmm. That's pretty amazing, huh? You know, everything about Jesus is pretty amazing. It was amazing to me how he came into this world. It was an extraordinary birth to say the least. He was conceived in the womb of a virgin by the Holy Spirit of God. He was born in the city of David under the divine sign of this spectacular star while angelic courses filled the skies. That's how he came into the world. Nobody before him or since him has been born quite exactly in the same way. It was a special birth. Does it not seem fitting that he would also make his exit from planet earth in an extraordinary kind of way as well? And this is pretty spectacular. He just lifted up and left. One Bible writer said, No more fitting climax could have been conceived for such a life as Jesus Christ had lived. Another writer said, it was the natural close of our Lord's earthly life on planet earth. He just, he just lifted up and went back into heaven. Amazing. And the gospel of Luke concludes with the words, and they worshipped him. His disciples worshipped him. He was no longer with them in terms of his physical presence, yet gazing up into the heavens... In that secluded ridge between Jerusalem and Bethany, they worshipped him. And then what did they do? Well, look at verses 52 and 53 of Luke 24. It says, Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Here's what I have to say about that. He so changed their lives that they changed their plans. And when Jesus comes into your life, he changes you so that you do change your plans. Now they spent their life praising him. That's the last chapter of Luke's first book. Now let's look at the first chapter of Luke's last book, which is Acts chapter 1. And here Dr. Luke continues the narrative. He continues the story and gives us the fuller account of how Jesus went back into heaven. Here it is, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, 
There it is. He was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's continuing the Great Commission. And usually when we read Acts chapter 1, we stop with verse 8. But for our purpose today, we need to read verse 9. It says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were looking steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Woo! That's pretty cool, isn't it? Now here the word for taken up is a little different. It means to be received up. Back over in Luke's gospel when he said... He was taken up. It meant to be lifted up. And here in Acts it means to be received up. He was lifted up and at the same time the heavenly father received him up into heaven. This then is his glorious ascension. When Jesus went up into heaven. He died on Calvary's cross. He was buried in the tomb. He rose from the tomb and he went up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the father. But I'm here to tell you that's only half the story because he's coming back again. Now what in the world is that going to look like? Well, have you ever seen a clip of a movie ran backwards? Huh? You know, you watch it forwards, then you watch it backwards. Back when I was a kid, we had those old, I don't know what kind of movie cameras they were, cheap old, old-timey movie cameras. You, they really weren't cheap, but you took the old home family, and then you put them on the reel-to-reel thing, and you watched them on a uh, white sheet that Mama hung on the wall. Any of y'all ever do that? Raise your, now, in the first service, about everybody in the service raised their hand. How many of y'all remember stuff like that? Oh, my goodness, yeah, okay. Th- those were the old, old good family movies, you know, and, and man, they were cool. And what was, what was neat is when Dad would flip the switch and run it backwards. You know, my sister really looked goofy running backwards, you know. My, my, point, my point to all of this is this. If we had a video of the Lord's ascension into heaven, we could run it backwards, and we would have a pretty good preview of the second coming. 
Because right here in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, the angel said, This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come back in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven. In like manner. Now what in the world does that mean? Well, I think there are several implications to that. Three things I want to share with you this morning. It means this. It means that his return is going to be physical. It will be a bodily return. Jesus Christ, God's son, will physically come back to earth to get his bride, which is the church. Verse 11, the angel said, this same Jesus. Now, as I studied that, I thought to myself, what a strange thing to say. I mean, what, what a strange way to put it. The angel said, this same Jesus. If I were to leave you for an extended trip, I was going to be gone, let's say, for six months, you, you wouldn't say to each other, now don't worry, this same Will Harmon is going to come back. Maybe you wouldn't say that. I don't know. This same Will, well, which, which other Will Harmon that your pastor would leave and come back? It's the same one, the same Will Harmon. I really think what the angel wanted the disciples to know is that the Lord Jesus himself would come back one day just as literally and just as physically and just as bodily as they had seen him leave. It's going to be the same one with nail prints in his hand, with a wound in his side. The same Jesus. I mean, if they took a picture on Jesus on his ascension day and another picture of Jesus at the second coming, it would be the same man. It is going to be a physical return of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Second thing that's important to notice is his return is going to be visible. Acts account says he was taken up before their very eyes. And then in verse 10, they were looking steadfastly or intently up into the sky as he was going. Now, have you ever taken a loved one to the airport to, to put them on an airplane? Let me, let me talk pre-9-11 days, okay? Back in the days when you could actually go to the inside the terminal and take them right up to the gate where they were loading in the plane. Everybody, do anybody remember that? That seems forever ago, you know. But, but you would take your loved one to the airport. They would get on the plane. You would watch as the plane taxied. And then as it lifted off and took off, then you'd watch out those big windows as that plane departed. And if it's someone that you really loved and you knew you were going to miss them, you would watch until that plane disappeared. You'd just stand there gazing. Anybody ever done that? We have a church member, I'm not going to tell you what his name is, a couple years ago he got one of those drones for Christmas. He was so excited about that. Somebody spent a whole lot of money giving him that drone and, and he was so excited on, on Christmas Day, instead of reading all the instructions, he just read enough of the instructions to know how to lift that thing off. He was just going to go out in the front yard and just lift it off the ground a few feet and then bring it back down to see how cool it was. But as he lifted it off, it just took off. I think he had it on his house shoes, and he just watched that thing. He watched that drone go up, 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 and away until it disappeared into the sky. And he thought, oh, no. 
Ran back in the house, got his shoes on, got, got his keys, tried to track the thing down. Half a day later, he found it. It was crashed several miles away. Brand new drone. Crashed. He watched, he watched it. <laughs> Disappear. What these disciples, they were just standing there watching Jesus disappear. I, I really think, to tell you the truth, it was quite a surprise to them. And I'm really not sure they knew exactly what was going on. But you know what? The Bible teaches repeatedly that when Jesus Christ comes again, it is going to be visible to the human eye. Just as those disciples stood there and watched him disappear into the clouds, those of us who are around, when Jesus Christ comes back, we will see him as he breaks and comes back through those clouds, it's going to be visible to our eyes. He will come both physically and visibly. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10, they will look on me. God said, they will look on me, the one they have pierced. Revelation 1, 7, look, he is coming with the clouds and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. Mark 14, 62, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. We're going to see Him come back. He is coming back physically, but it's also going to be very visible. We will see him. And then number three, his return is going to be in the clouds. Verse 9 says, a cloud received him out of their sight. It's amazing. He left in the clouds, and guess what? He's coming back in the clouds. Now, it's commonly believed among Bible scholars that these were not just normal clouds, the puffy clouds that we see outside that received Christ up on the day of ascension. It was the special cloud that represented the veiled presence of Almighty God. There's a Hebrew word in the Old Testament we're introduced to in the book of Exodus, and the word is Shekinah. Shekinah. Have you heard that word before? It's the Shekinah glory of God. It is is the word that describes the presence of Almighty God in the form of a cloud. In the book of Exodus, God dwelled amongst His people in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. That was the Shekinah glory of God. In Exodus 24... The Shekinah glory of God rested on Mount Sinai in a cloud that covered the mountain for six days. And on the seventh day, the voice of God came out of that cloud and invited Moses to come up on the mountain. And so Moses went up into the midst of the cloud and spent time with God. In the last chapter of Exodus... The Israelites erected the tabernacle in the desert of Sinai and they dedicated that that tabernacle to the Lord and the Shekinah glory of God fell down. I don't want to bore you with, with all this, but let me read to you Exodus chapter 40. I find this pretty amazing. It says in verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of God, filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it. And the glory of the Lord, it filled the tabernacle. 
In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day the cloud lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day. The fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all of their travels. They could see the Shekinah glory of God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, there, there's a similar description when they dedicated Solomon's temple. As the presence of the Lord came down and the temple was filled with this blinding cloud, the Shekinah glory of God. The priests couldn't even enter the temple because of the sheer radiance of the glory of God. And then at the transfiguration of Christ, this bright Shekinah cloud of God enfolded the mountaintop. And out of that cloud came this billowing voice, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And now at the ascension we are told that the clouds received Him out of their sight. It's as if when you read this you get the image that the glory of the Father Himself came down and pierced our earthly skies to greet and receive His only begotten Son back into heaven. (laughs) Now we are told repeatedly in Scripture, the, the Bible makes quite a point of this, that when Jesus Christ comes again, at the moment of the rapture of the church, He is coming on the clouds of glory. He's riding the Shekinah glory of God back down to earth to get his church. Again, let me read a few verses that point this out. Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Now what's amazing to me is that was written in the Old Testament. But yet it prophesied about a day in the distant future when Jesus Christ would come again. And he is riding those Shekinah clouds of God. Matthew chapter 24 verse 30. At that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And all the nations of the earth will mourn. Now hang on to that. When Jesus Christ comes back... The nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. We're going to read this again in some of the other verses. You might be thinking, why in the world are the nations mourning? They're mourning because they're unprepared. They're not ready for this great event that ushers in eternity. But yet he's going to be coming on the clouds. Matthew 26, 63, the high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. But I say to you all, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself 
will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we forever be with the Lord. Oh my goodness. I mean, that tells me this. If, if, let's, let's say he comes back today before, before uh, we get home. We're driving home and bam, he opens that sky and he comes back. We're going to see him coming on the clouds. But, but what's even cooler than that is this. Those who have died and gone on before us, who were believers in Jesus Christ, they're going to pop out of their graves just a minute before all this happens and with their eyes, they're going to see Jesus come back. Riding on the Shekinah glory of God as he comes back for his church. And then Revelation 1-7. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. Why? Because they're not ready. So shall it be. Amen. <laughs> wow. Church, I believe one of the reasons God has filled the sky with clouds is to remind us on a daily basis, those of us who are anticipating His coming, that it's coming. And it could happen at any moment. And all we have to do is look up to those clouds and be reminded every day that, you know what, this could be the day. be real truthful with you I don't know that we think about that nearly enough and, and I, I'm, I know I'm getting old and I know what old people do they reminisce and they go back in time and boy I just I, I really fight try doing that but I'm gonna have to do it this morning all right man I can remember as a kid we thought about it all the time and maybe it was because my preacher preached on it a lot brother Zeller's only had two subjects he preached on hell and heaven and he preached on hell twice as much as he preached on heaven, man. I'm, I'm here to tell you. And sometimes it was like you were in hell sitting through one of his services because he preached for an hour and a half. And you didn't get up or make noise. He would call you down. Yeah, I was there, man. I mean, numerous times. But you know what? He, he's so implanted into my young mind. As a little kid, that it could be any moment. Jesus could come back at any time. He could bust that sky open and ride back on those clouds, and it could happen at any time. And you know what, church? I can remember as a little boy. I grew up out in Midland, Texas. Have you ever heard the term big sky? There's a big sky out there because there's no trees or mountains or anything to block your view. All you see is sky. It's a big sky. And I can remember as a kid living out, out in the country. We lived north of Midland. I would go outside sometimes and just, and just sit in the grass. And I would lay down sometimes and just look up at the sky. And I would, I would look at the clouds. And I would think, you know what? It might be that cloud that he comes back on. I was just a little kid. We'd get in our cars, a 63 Impala. Dad, you, I know you wish you still had that. That old blue Impala, it was, a, it was a huge tank of a car. 
the, the rear windshield was just ginormous. And, and behind the back seat was this big back dash. Y'all remember cars like that? This huge back dash. And no lie, I would get on that back dash and lay as we were driving down the road. That was before car seats, and it was before they made you wear seat belts, and kids could do stuff like that. And I'd be laying on that. That was back in the days when everybody got in the back of a pickup truck and drove across Texas. It was no big deal. Here I am, a little kid. I mean, just a little boy. Laying on the back dash of that 63 Impala looking up at the clouds. Thinking it might be that one. That looks like a likely cloud. Could be that one. We just kind of lived with that anticipation. And it's a sad confession. Church, but we don't think that way anymore. I think we'd be a whole lot better off if we did. That we lived every day with the realization, you know what? Today could be the day. That could be the cloud. It could happen at any moment. And, and it brings me to the question that I've, I've got to ask you. This question is just begging to be asked. Are you ready? Whether we think about it or not, the reality is it's going to happen. And it could happen at any moment. Are you going to be ready? Are you ready? Because let me tell you, there is no getting ready when he busts that sky open. The reality is the lost world is going to mourn. They're going to groan. There's not going to be any getting down and repenting of your sins. It's going to be too late. So are you ready? Do you know, do you know, friend, that if it happened right now, you would go to heaven? You say, well, I don't know that anybody can really know that. Oh, yes, we can. You can know. Have you invited Jesus into your heart? Are you living for him? You know, I think it's going to be... Pretty rotten day for a lot of people who thought everything was okay, but in reality it wasn't okay. And let me tell you, when, when he comes back, there's, there's not going to be any pulling out your list of things you needed to repent of, but you just hadn't gotten around to it. We need to be doing that now. We need to be living in anticipation of his coming. Even so, come Lord Jesus. So, are you ready? And number two, with this knowledge that we've received today, with this reality that it could be this year, it could be today, how is that going to change the plans you've made? Maybe you need to come this morning and just kind of reevaluate all of that stuff and give him your open calendar and say, Lord, rearrange my plans according to your will. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd speak to each one of us, no matter where we are on this journey of life. And dear Lord, for those who need to come this morning and receive you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that they would be 
unafraid or unashamed to. Lord, help them to be like that man in our first service who came down and received Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you'd be with Scott, Lord, and help him as he grows in his relationship with you. May, may there be someone in our second service who feels the need to be saved today. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray, dear Lord, that, that we are ready for that coming, that second coming. And, and dear Lord, if there are just some things in our life we need to clean up and get rid of and throw away and in any way we need to tidy up our life, I pray that we'd come to the altar and do it. Lord, some more of us need to come and, and let you rearrange our plans according to your will. And we just submit to you. Lord, there are others in this room that have loved ones who are not ready to meet you. May it so break our hearts this morning that we come and intercede and pray for them. and Ask that you convict their hearts so that they are saved. Lord, Lord we love you. We just give you this time of, of invitation. Speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Altars are open as the praise team sings. I invite you to come and pray. If not for anything else, come and give.